we are continuing this morning in uh, our series on Ephesians. Dunamis. Dunamis is the Greek word as we know now uh, for power, the power of God, the, the Greek word that's used in the book of Ephesians for power. And so today's message, really, if you were to kind of sum up today's message, it's really this, that there is dunamis power to be able to live differently. There is dunamis power to be able to live the Christian life. Uh, So today's passage kind of helpfully splits into two, really. We're in Ephesians chapter 4, 17, and then through to chapter 5, verse 4. But it it conveniently splits into two halves. Uh, The first half, up to verse 24, is about reminding us and getting us to think about who we are. And then the second half is about how we live, the practical working out of how we live that out in our everyday lives. And so I'm going to read this passage to us this morning. If you don't have a Bible with you, don't worry. The words will appear on the screen. So it says this. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They're darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity. Then And they're full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbour, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must do something useful. Uh, doing something, uh, but must work. Doing something useful with their own hands, that they might have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as in Christ God forgave you. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us, and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be any obscenity, foolish talk or coarse joking which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. Brilliant. Okay, so this morning... Paul says to the uh, Ephesian believers in this letter, he says, you 
no longer live like the Gentiles. Who are the Gentiles? The Gentiles were the people who weren't Jews. They were the people who, um, according to Scripture, were outside the people of God. It sounds a bit harsh, doesn't it? But actually, you know, many of these believers in this church were Gentiles. That's their background. That's who they were. And Ephesus, the place this letter is written, is a very Gentile place. It's a huge, it has a huge Gentile culture. It's a very godless place. In fact, at the, the centre of their, their, their city was this huge temple. In fact, it's probably about the size of a football field um, of worship to, to their, their kind of chief goddess, Artemis. Uh, and they thought probably, you know, 50 or so other deities or idols were worshipped at this temple. Um, and it was a place where, you know, anything went culturally, anything went sexually, anything went morally, anything went um, ethically in this city. Because that's what, hap- that's what happens when you don't have God at the centre. Anything goes. When the God of the universe is not at the centre, well, actually... Anything goes. And that's what was happening in Ephesus. And it's interesting and helpful to look at what Paul's view is of life without God. He says it's like futile thinking. He says they're darkened in their understanding. He says they've got hardened hearts. They've, they've lost sensitivity. They're indulging in impurity. You know, living without the God of the universe as the centre of your life will will affect the whole person. It'll affect the whole person, mind, body, heart. See, we can often think, can't we, that you know, perhaps the 21st century culture, perhaps our Western culture that we live in now, is probably the worst it's ever been. Uh, but actually, it's just the results of a society that has turned its back on God. Futile thinking, where actually God doesn't fit in. Hard hearts, you know, hardened to the things of God. So what do we do? What do we do with that? Do we give up? Do we just, you know, do we just call it quits? Do we just kind of go in on ourselves? Well, interestingly, a guy called Matt Chandler, um, wrote, who was a US uh, church leader, wrote a, a book a couple of years ago called Take Heart, uh, Courage in an Age of Disbelief. And, and his argument was, well, whereas 50 years ago, um, Certainly the church, uh, certainly the US and and Europe, um, there was a kind of respect or an acceptance of the Christian message in our society. Now Christianity is kind of pushed, the message of Christianity is pushed to the margins of our society. And his, his, he suggests that actually Western society is probably more like Ephesians now than it has ever been. Places like Ephesus and first places where the uh, um, places like that is probably like how we're living more now. Do we just give up then? Well, he just says no. Actually, he says this. The church thrives on the margins. That's where our cultural, that's why our cultural moment doesn't need to be viewed as depressing, but instead exciting. It's not bad news. It's good news. We're now back to the place where we have always flourished best. And, you know, he goes on to say, actually, we don't we don't flourish best as Christians by just um, blending in with the culture and behaving like the culture. No, no. In this cultural moment, 
we're called to live differently. And that's just like our passage this morning. And Paul wants them to know why they're to live differently. And it has to go to all we've been talking about this morning in our contributions. It's about faith. It's because we've met Jesus and because we're now in him. Let's look at verse 21. So your Bible might say something like, um, that's not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ. Uh, but when you heard about, that word about isn't there in the um, original Greek. Actually, the more literal reading is this. That's not the way you learned Christ, assuming you heard him. It sounds like a minor thing, but heard about sounds like we've just heard some information. It sounds like we've just been given some information, some details. But learned Christ and heard him. Now that's different. That's the sense of coming to know a person. We've heard a person. This is what John Stott, the uh, uh, great Bible, Bible teacher, said about this passage. Christ, who is the substance of the teaching, is himself also the teacher. Paul assumes that through the voice of their Christian teachers, they had actually heard Christ's voice. See, this is, this is the close, personal, intimate, faith-filled relationship that we've been brought into in Jesus. We have heard him. We have encountered him. We have met him. See, my heart for us today is that through, uh, through my words, through the worship, through those prophetic words that were shared this morning, that we all would hear Jesus. Because we can. That's the, the wonderful privilege of being a Christian, isn't it? We're called to be Jesus followers. We're called to follow him, hear him, whether you are young, whether you're a bit older, whether you are British, whether you're Iranian, whether you are uh, Indian, uh, West African, wherever you're from, whoever you are, we're called to hear Jesus and follow him. And then he says this. This meeting Jesus will result in a total transformation. It'll, it'll, it'll result in a total heart change, a total change in our lives. It's, this is not a self-help message, Paul says. This is not a, you know, smarten yourself up, better yourself type message. No, this is Jesus transforms our lives message. And he says, now live out who you are. And he uses another picture. He uses this picture of um putting off our old self and putting on the new one, almost like a kind of change of clothes. And uh, look, just to be clear, he's not saying right now, he's not talking about our righteousness in Jesus that we've been clothed with, you know, when we, our acceptance in Jesus that we, we receive when we become a Christian. He's not saying um, put on that because you've got to earn it yourself and you've got to win it for yourself. No, no, that's ours in Jesus. But what he is saying is this. He's saying, look, it's time to recognise who you are. It's time to recognise that the, old, the clothes of your old life, they don't suit you anymore. They don't, they don't work for you anymore. Let, let me try and use this example and illustration here. And because it's a footballing weekend, uh, let me use a footballing illustration and let me use uh, a friend here. Jude, will you just come in a minute? Um, OK, Jude is being very helpful this morning to help me out in this. OK, imagine Jude is... A, a professional footballer 
Imagine he is. He imagine he was playing for Chelsea. He'd been signed to Chelsea, and uh, he's just been signed to Juventus. You can see he's he's moved clubs. You know he's got his Juventus top on here, and uh, he's got the new kit on of Juventus because that's who he plays for now. And he's got his Juventus uh, um, socks on. Can we see that Juve socks? Yeah. Okay. But but what's this? Hang on. Hang on a minute. That's your, that's the Chelsea shorts. What are you doing in them? That, that, that's not your team now. You're, you're Juve now, you're Juventus. You should be kitted out in the Juventus top. Thank you very much, mate. That's very, very helpful. Um, that's what Paul is saying. It's, you, it's, it's like that. Why are you wearing the old kit of your old life? You're new now. Wear the new kit. Wear the new clothes of righteousness, the new clothes that Jesus has given you. We don't need to put on the old. We can take it off. In fact, the, the, the language is even more um, extreme than that. It's saying, actually, the old is rotting. Those Chelsea, those Chelsea shorts have got holes in. They're, they are falling apart. You need to get them off because they're not you. The new is you. The new kit, the new team you play for. And, and you know what, as we, as we live out the Christian life, as we put on the new self, we find that we're becoming more like God. We're not becoming God. We're not becoming little gods. We're not um, uh, anything like that. No, no, we're becoming more like God. We're, we're reflecting the beauty and the truth of God. Okay, so that's the first half. We're, why we're meant to live differently. And then we get to the second half and of this passage and it's all about what this new life will look like because because you know what how we live how we treat others our attitudes are are really important they are you know it's not a it's not a mix and match thing it's not a, i can have this football top but i can have the football shorts of another team no no it's not a it's not a mix and match actually we're called to live out the christian life and, uh, and uh, you know, we don't have time to, to go into all the details of all the different behaviours in this passage. But I want us to see that what Paul is saying here is how we behave, how we live out the Christian life is not a private matter. We've had that a bit in, uh, in, in, in public life at the moment, haven't we, in terms of some of our politicians and about, you know, what's, what are private matters, what are not private matters. Actually, what Paul is saying here is, look, Look, your behaviours, how you live out the Christian life can build people up or actually it can damage community. Actually, it can destroy relationships. So do you know what? How we live out the Christian life, we can live it out in a way that is good for us and good for others. So what does he talk about? What does he talk about in this passage? Well, he says, speak truth, not lies. Why? Because actually you're members of God's body, you're members of one body. Anger that leads to sin can damage relationships. He says work and don't steal. Why? So that you'll have more to share with others around you. Um, he says our words, you know, our words can cut people down or they can build them up. Um, he says be kind and compassionate to each other and forgive. He talks about greed. Actually, what we do with what we have and what we want 
is not a private matter, Paul says. Do, do you see? Do you see how transformed individuals can be a blessing to their communities, can be a blessing to those around them in these ways? What about this? What about this one in chapter 5, verse 3? He talks about um, relationships and he talks about sex. And he says, do you know what we do with our bodies? He says, you know what, that, not only does that have a spiritual dimension to it, but actually how we choose to live that out has implications for the community that we're with. You know, that's really countercultural, isn't it? In our, even in our day, in our society that says, actually, do you know what, who I sleep with is a private matter. That's, that's up to me. Uh, it's my business and no one else's. But actually God says, do you know what, the old clothes of life without me, do you know what, they don't suit you anymore. You're new. You're a child of God. You walk now by faith. Now put on the new. Put on the new. The the old is decaying. The new is life-giving. The old is decaying. The new is life-giving. You know, I, I, I believe, you know, the Bible's teaching of man and woman in marriage together as the place for sex is life-giving. It's not life-denying. It's life giving. We need to see that God's values for life are good. They're good for us. They are good for our communities. That is the message. That is the message of the gospel we have. It's the joy news. That's what we talk about in Jubilee, isn't it? We bring the joy news of Jesus and it is joy news. It really is good news for all. Look, they're reminded to live out a life of love. They're reminded to live out a life of love. And why, Paul says, it's because that you need to look to Christ because Christ loved us, he says at the end of chapter four, because Christ loved us and gave himself up. It reminds me of a verse in uh, Romans 5, 8, which says this, God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were sinners, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us us. See, the cross, the cross of where Jesus died for sinners, Jesus died for God's enemies, for you and me. Love, love is a love that reaches out. It reaches out and embraces others. It reaches out and embraces God's enemies. It reaches out and embraces us. That's the love that we're called to follow. We're not called to become an inward-looking community that's just only interested on how we live and our behaviour. No, no, we're meant to look out in love, look out in faith. Jubilee, as we go on, as we come into all that perhaps the next few months will mean as a, as a society, as communities, as a church, you know, I believe we're called to live out this life of love as we hold out the good news, the joy news of Jesus, because that's our message, isn't it? Now, our message isn't look, just behave better. That's not our message to the world. No, our message to the world is this. Come and meet Jesus. Come and meet the one who loves you, who longs to forgive you. Come and receive life in him and then learn to live out that new life. Not that decaying old life. No, no, the new, the new life. Come and live a life of faith, as we've been hearing this morning. That's the only one that will satisfy um, I, I want to finish by um, just quoting um, a guy called Joel Edwards. Some of you um, might know Joel Edwards. Joel Edwards died this week and went to be with the Lord. Joel was the 
uh, head of the Evangelical Alliance for many years and then after that worked and headed up a load of justice projects around the world. And some of you remember Joel Edwards coming to Teesside and speaking at Jubilee just so humbly and so faithfully probably 15, 20 years ago. Um, anyway, Joel was speaking last year at a conference and he, and he said these words I think are pertinent to today. Um, he was talking about what it means to live out the Christian life um, uh, in the world today, particularly in a post-coronavirus world. And he said, missionary discipleship, living the Christian life, is about personal proximity to Jesus. And uh, he, he then talked about the moment in Acts where Peter and John are before the Jewish authorities and they're telling them about Jesus. And uh, the authorities are amazed. And it says that they, that they're amazed and they took note. They were amazed by these guys' faith, that they were just simple guys. And, and the, the, the level of their faith. And it said they took note that they had been with Jesus. They took note that they had been with Jesus. Friends, this brings us back to who it's all about. It's about Jesus. It's about living this life of personal proximity to Jesus. Is that how you will live out your life in these days? Because as we do that, as we do that Jubilee, people will start to notice. They'll start to say, okay, are we taking note? These guys, these guys know Jesus. They hear Jesus. They've been with him. And so as we finish this morning and as we respond, you know, I believe actually God's calling us to prioritise that in our lives, personal proximity to Jesus, both corporately as a church, but also personally as well. Perhaps you just sense that, you know, perhaps that's, even as we kind of open up and the busyness of life kind of creeps in again, are you making that personal proximity, that closeness to Jesus a priority? Are you feeding from him? Are you enjoying his grace and his friendship, hearing him? Because we can hear him, can talk with him, you're making that a priority in your lives. And also, do you know, are there things in your, that you just know of your old life? Just as Haley was encouraging us this morning with that word about, you know, there's things from our old life and sometimes we're, we're holding on to them. Perhaps there's, 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 perhaps there's things that are decaying from our decaying old life that perhaps we're holding on to. Maybe it's some of the attitudes or behaviours that were mentioned in that passage that, Jesus is speaking to you about this morning and saying, do you know, you don't, you don't need to wear that anymore. It's old, it's decaying. Take it off. Wear the new. Pick up the new. That's not, that's not you anymore. That's not you. It might be anger. It might be um, greed. It might be um, unwholesome talk. It might be one of those things we've talked about this morning. I don't know. I don't know what Jesus is speaking to you about this morning. But if he's speaking to you about that this morning, look, hear his call to put on the new, to live out who you are. And by his grace and in the power of his spirit, he will help you and I to do that. So I'm going to pray for us and then we're going to worship. Father God, thank you that you are here with us today. And thank you that by your spirit you are amongst us. And thank you that you call us to live in closeness to you. Jesus, we ask that we would we would prioritize personal proximity, closeness to you as we walk in faith into all that you have for us. I pray as a church, 
you would help us to do that, to prioritise the closeness of knowing you and walking with you and living in you. And I pray, help us to live out what that new life means. Help us to put down the old, where we know there's attitudes and behaviours that they're not us. That's not us anymore. That's the old kit. Help us to pick up the new. Help us to live out the new, the life-giving life of Jesus and help us to hold out the goodness, the joy news that you love those in this world and you dearly want to know them. Lord Jesus, we love you and we say move move us into all that you have for us. Amen.